not happened for an age. What's that? Tis a gathering. Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 54 of the podcast and boy do I have an exciting one. I don't know why I say that every time, but I think you're going to enjoy this podcast because this is the epic conclusion of my slow Grohan League. Yes, that's right. If you may remember, this was a good few episodes back. I think it was episode 48 or 49, something like that. And it was the start of my slow grow league that was taking place in my local club uh, in Lincoln. And I was doing very well. The Paths of the Druid and Legendary Legion was my choice. Uh, We started at 400 points, and then we had 400, and then 500, and then 600. And remaining were two 700 games, sorry, two games, one 700 and one 800 points in value. Now, let's just have a quick reminder of how those previous games ended up. It's game one of the Slow Grow, the Imp uh, Slow Grow League. We're starting at 400 points. I've got my Wild Men, I've got Thairdon, and I've got uh, three Riders and three Royal Guard. And I'm playing against Dale. So the idea was, is I know, having played a few games previously, that people at this level especially, people will run away from the trot. Absolutely, I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to herd towards my big block of infantry and try and stop the, the cavalry charge, because I knew that would be a problem. I didn't count for the numbers on the Woeses, and I just got kind of encircled and pinned in in the end. It was 8-4 victory to me and that did come from just killing the captain on the last turn and, and holding just slightly more objectives than you. Yeah, I've got Gothmog on Awag with his shield and I've got Goroth, then 29 orcs, one which has a banner. It's fair to say my shooting was absolutely busted in this. Yeah, I think you killed something like, was it, was it 10 orcs? before we got into any sort of combat. Basically did the whole cheesy move backwards, um, shoot a bit, move backwards, shoot a bit. I'd never seen shooting quite so, so horrible. It really did do wonders. The end result was 9-1, by the way, uh, to me, because I, I quartered and, uh, quartered you. I wounded Gothmog but didn't kill him, uh, but we both had a banner left, so so just 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 about 9-1. Um, um, uh, Everyone in your army has a shooting weapon or a bow weapon. You've got the speed. The Lake Town and the Dwarves and Bilbo especially are half the speed, have seven bows between them and they're made out of butter and they just die a lot. So really we had we had nothing. We got we got nothing. There's no cav here and there's nothing in this army to force you to engage um, until you choose to. I really, really rate Thorin Oak and Oh, he's fantastic. As a, as a, as a useful chunk of points. I think he's fantastic. Uh, I, the, the army had 16, I think 16 might, potentially more with Alfred, and they were just awful. The might was entirely wasted. None of it was used successfully. Yeah. It got to the point where my child was trying to get the late town to commit suicide. So we two, <laughs> two late town bowmen had scaled to a shooting position. He jumped both the bowmen down, managed to roll ones for their jump test, and they both landed on the ground, taking three strength, three hits, and neither of them died. Yeah, that was that was a that was a disaster for even you couldn't even kill your own models when you've got three attempts to kill a, a late town. It was seven two to me in the end. Could this be a dream come true? We've got three games into the podcast, and I've won everything. Will this be the very first 
Entmoot victory. Yeah, exciting. I can't believe it. Um, regular listeners of the podcast will, of course, know that I follow through tournaments and I go through them and I tend to do sort of okay on the first day if I'm trying to be competitive uh, and I get like three wins or maybe two or uh, wins at a loss or something like that and then it's all to play for in the second day of the tournament and it feels like that right now and um, I've got three solid wins lucky wins I, I must admit after playing some some uh, you know newer players and some younger players and um, but also games where I also felt like I had some good luck behind me because of the the army and the matchup you know having Pass of the Druid and Legendary Legion which has lots of bonus against orcs and goblins and urukai i'm playing multiple orc armies and um, i felt that worked well having some shooting armies against relatively not too high defense armies i thought that that played to my favor as well so in this episode i'll be building up my army from the the current points value that i i'll explain a bit about how i got to there uh, and also telling you about my 700 and 800 point uh, pass to the druidan army so lots to lots to play for in fact and um, i might just get straight into it i mean we do have a, a little update on the riddles in the dark quiz uh, later on we're not going to do the, the full one this time because i'm going to have a, a new riddle um, next episode which should follow this podcast pretty quickly so we'll just do an update of the last one uh, and see if you get any more uh, last-minute answers in um, for the riddle. Um, but we'll also have the the epic conclusions and also an interview with the organiser of the Slow Grow League, uh, a little bit about maybe how you can organise your Slow Grow to benefit your local area and your local community. Perhaps your local community is flagging a little. Maybe, maybe you've had peaks and troughs as there's been new releases or uh, something like that. And maybe you're thinking, how can I keep keep the guys interested who've sort of gotten into the uh, into the SBG uh, in my local area but perhaps it's flagging now well absolutely the way of the way of doing that is a slow grow league and we'll talk to Tim Elwes uh, the organizer of the league about that later on and also I had a game with him too so anyway we'll find out a little bit about that in a, a few seconds time but first let's remind you of the army I've been building not for Mordor no no I've been building it for Rohan Ask. Build me worthy of So yes, I've been building an army of Rohan uh, Paths of the Druidan. And just a reminder of where we started and where we are now. So I'll, I'll start with my first army, which was 400 points, or it's actually 399. And the Paths of the Druidan Legion, uh, if you don't know the special rules, this is in the uh, War in Rohan book. Um, and it's got Theoden, and you have to have Theoden in it. And it's also got Gan, Gan, and 15 Woeses, and they're compulsory. You can't do anything without them. So that's your starting point. And to that, I just added a rider of Rohan with throwing spears, three riders of Rohan with just the bows, and three wall guard with throwing spears. That was my 400 points, which I managed to win a game with. So I was quite happy with that. Uh, at 500, I added, um, so I can re retained Ganbury Gan and his woeses, fared and, and a rider of Rohan with a banner this time, three riders of Rohan with throwing spears, four riders of Rohan, four royal guard with throwing spears, uh, sorry, three royal guard with throwing spears, and one royal guard uh, just with a horse. Um, and I found that actually worked quite well. I had just about enough might, had quite a lot of cavalry, so lots of models and lots of hitting power. It worked pretty much as, as you would expect. Then at 600, this I think is where the, the list starts getting a bit interesting. So I had Thurden, as you have to have, a rider with banner, two riders with throwing spear, two riders without throwing spears, two royal guard with horse and throwing spears, uh, Ganbury Gan, 15 woes as warriors. 
compulsory. Then Dalewine, chief of the King's Knights with horse. Now he is, he's the guy who gets a free heroic combat, but he has to move into combat to uh, rescue Theoden, or at least move closer to Theoden. There's no room in Theoden's combat, but generally free heroic combat, you can catapult other people into other combats, which is great. Uh, and alongside him, he had a, one rider of Rohan with throwing spear, uh, three riders of Rohan and two royal guard with throwing spears. Then at 700 points, I know this is sounding a, a bit sort of tedious, but bear with me. This is where we're going. So it's 700 points in the next game. I've got to build. I've got to add to that list there. So we had Deowine. We added Deowine last time. I really liked the addition of Deowine. So not a lot's going to change. But 100 points, I couldn't quite decide what, what to do with it. So I'm balancing out the uh, warbands a little bit. Um, but just adding one hero. So Theoden is staying in there. Of course, he has to. A, a banner with, uh, uh, sorry, rider with banner, uh, four normal riders and two royal guard with throwing spears are in his warband. Then we've got Gan and his 15 woeses. Then we've got Deowine, who's got that free heroic combat. Excellent on horse. Uh, then we have four riders of Rohan in his warband and one royal guard with throwing spears. So um, we've got a lot of riders at the moment. Eight ri riders of Rohan, um, just standard, um, and only three royal guards so far, because I'm adding another royal guard into Deowine's warband. And then finally, we've got Elfhelm, captain of Rohan with horse, with three riders of Rohan with throwing spear. Now, I decided to go Elfhelm because um, I wanted some, uh, I wanted some more shooting power, and I couldn't decide because um, I, I think it's playing into the strengths of the list. If I had a gambling, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have the banner, that'd be great, fine, but excuse me, was was that, I don't know, is that the best way to uh, to maximise maximize points? Plus, it's more than 100 points, so I'd have to drop stuff and it would I'd lose numbers. And at the moment, I've got 34 models with this Elfhelm version, so I was quite happy with that. I was quite confident. One thing I was thinking, it's not quite maxed out in terms of, uh, of models because Elfhelm's only got three riders of Rohan with throwing spears in his warband. Is that going to be enough? I don't know. I've got 34 models, but of course... Nearly half of those are, are woeses, so but then there's a lot of riders. 17 riders is, is pretty good, or 18 riders. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Elfhelm help leans into the, the strengths of the list, he's got that re roll uh, to hit to wound, um, in the way. Uh, he always hits on a three, even if he's riding, and he's got three points of might. Um, he has defense, and I just think I think he's a solid, solid addition to the army. So, with that in mind. We'll head to the road and we'll have another battle in a second. But first... Riddles in the dark. I'm precious. Yes, that's right. It's time for Riddles in the Dark. And I just really want to remind you of the riddle from the previous episode. As I mentioned at the start, we're going to... Uh, we're going to have a new riddle at the next episode, but there's not very much time between these two uh, podcasts. So I thought I'd just delve into uh, remind you of the riddle this time round rather than rather than telling you it in full. Uh, so here is what the riddle in the dark sounds like. All you have to do is basically tell me who speaks next and what they say in this clip from either The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit films. <laughs> Let's have another listen one more time. Who speaks next? What do they say? There you go. That's the riddle in the dark. And if you think you know the answer, entmootpodcast at gmail.com is the email address to send it to. And if you don't know the answer, that's fine. Send me an email at entmootpodcast at gmail.com because I want this time... 
I want to know what you think of the path to the Druid and have you considered it as a solid army? Is it going to be good? Perhaps maybe more so in good versus evil, but I think I think it has potential, definitely. I did very well with it at the uh, a tournament, the grandest tournament not so long ago. That was a good versus evil tournament. And and this time, this is it's doing well so far. I mean, it won the first three games, 400, yeah, 400, 500 and 600 points. It worked very well. Again, I mentioned earlier, intermediate players perhaps not uh, not as good at. But, you know, who, who knows? What do you think? I want to know your, your genuine, honest reaction when you first read that Legendary Legion. Did you think it had potential? Let me know, entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I also have uh, a message into the, uh, into the podcast today from Sonny James Hunter. Sonny says, long-time listener, I think possibly as long as two and a half years, which goes back pretty much to the start or, or thereabouts. Um, and he says, long-time listener, first-time writer. So I'm sorry if there's a lack of brevity in my email. So warning, listener, uh, this is a long one. Thank you for all your excellent content you provided over the years. It certainly helped fill a painting set, many a painting session, as well as greatly improve my knowledge of the game, more so than my own small group could have allowed. I really must sign up as a patron to thank you soon. Oh, that's very kind of you. Uh, if you're interested, patreon.com slash Earth if you want to support the podcast and the YouTube channel. Um, I'm primarily writing for some advice. After a bit of a break from the game, having been distracted by other GW product, prod, products, uh, with the full return of the GBHL and Middle-earth strategy battle game tournaments this year, I've found my own passion for Lord of the Rings rebounding, and I've been inspired to finally follow in your example and take the plunge. I've signed up for my first tournament, the doubles tournament at Warhammer World in July. Having scored up a ticket for myself and a good friend, we intend to take a host of the Serpent King, so we thought this would prove a lovely thematic army to prepare. Yeah, sure. As much as I appreciate the event is about uh, as much about sportsmanship and wonderfully prepared armies as the results, it would still be a great shame to find ourselves battered or weakened. Yeah, fair enough, we've all been there. So we did intend to find some small tournaments to cut our teeth on first. Perhaps re- revealing my naivety, GBHL events do appear to be exceedingly popular, and gaining a ticket to one is very unlikely before July's doubles. So, in summary, my questions are, do you know of any gaming days, tournaments, that are travelable, blablabla, to someone in Central Midlands based or uh, based prior to July that you could recommend. So, and um, uh, there's a, there's another question. We'll, we'll I'll answer that in a second. Do I know of any tournaments? Uh, not off the top of my head. I, I have looked at this email in advance, but there are many tournaments. Um, so. For example, um, if you're in the Midlands, I don't know where in the Midlands, Midlands is a big area, um, the East East Anglia Hobbit uh, League or or whatever it is, um, uh, community, that's it, um, arrange events. And um, they say um, they they tend to do a lot of one day events. Um, It won't be exactly what you want to do. it's. Uh, I think they've got one in May, the end of May, uh, which is a 350-point event. Uh, it's got five games. Um, that might give you a bit of an idea. Um, and I don't think. Um, I, I, I don't know whether it's sold out, but it may well be. Um, I also know of uh, of a few others um, that are that are happening in uh, in sort of June and July. But again, uh, the the difficulty is. You're right. Uh, events do sell pretty much 
um, pretty much in, uh, well in advance. I mean, there's one um, in near Bristol, I think it is, or Bexhill on Sea. Maybe I'm getting that wrong, and it's not near Bristol. Um, Heroes of the Belagar Sea. That's a day a day tournament as well. Um, that's maybe sold out. And um, I think the issue here is that you do kind of have to plan well in advance. And tournaments are popping up all the time, little mini ones. Um, and I, I know, for example, there's one popping up in Lincoln um, soon. And I'll talk more about my own very uh, my very own tournament that I'm hosting in October uh, later. Um, I think the best the best chance for you to do this is to is to not give up hope on the ones that are out there because actually um, you'd be surprised the amount of cancellations people have in sort of the fortnight ahead of an event. You might have to you know be a bit flexible if you're desperate to get on the ladder and uh, and you know you you kind of made a boo boo and not planned well ahead. Um, but sign yourself up to reserve lists for lots of tournaments and you will find you will be contacted by. Um, by people like myself, tournament organisers, who then go, you know what, uh, someone's dropped out and the, the first three people on the um, the list, uh, the reserves list, can't make it. it. It's not uncommon. So give it a go. Um, I would highly recommend trying that. That would be my main answer to your question. Um, you've got a second one. Any advice to a tournament rookie like myself? The main advice is don't take yourself too seriously and enjoy it. Because um, ultimately, if you are a rookie and you've never played the game, um, unless you're spectacularly good at other uh, war games and even then you're probably not going to come close to the top of the tournament so just enjoy it accept that you're going to lose a lot of your games and maybe all of them and but you're still going to have fun and if you if you embrace it with that attitude anything better than that will be a win which is always good um, because you go and you win a game, you, you think you feel happy, but also accept that you might be playing the game wrong with your. If you're learning the book, learning the rules from, you know, uh, just the book, and people in your local area, often local communities get interpretations wrong, and they kind of spread around the community, and it's wrong. And 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 at tournaments, you are often put right, but that's fine. You'll learn a lot of lessons. You'll learn a lot of things about how to move your models and how to how to play the game and and be better. And you can then take that onto the next one. So be prepared to learn. But also be prepared to just have a great time and enjoy yourself. And I think that is probably the best advice I would have. Uh, go with a willingness to meet new people and put yourself out there. Um, I know it's not always easy if you're confronted with a group of 30 or so people or even more, 100 if you go into the doubles event maybe uh, at Warhammer World. But, you know, talk to the person you're standing next to at the bar. Talk to the person you're behind in the queue for food. Uh, talk to the people on the table next to you and, and your opponents. And keep coming back to those opponents. And you never know. You might make friends, um, sort of firm friends, which I have found uh, over tournaments over the last couple of years. Um, just by, you know, saying hello, essentially, you can end up just, just making friends that, you know, you, you're suddenly going out on nights out with or being invited to uh, holidays or you know any of these things and i i think that's that's the best advice i'd have uh, for a tournament enjoy it throw yourself in and don't look back and finally it says i spied on the planet that you're hosting a tournament in the second half of the year when should we be on the lookout for tickets well it just so happens sonny uh sonny james hunter it just so happens the tickets are available from Friday the 5th of May. Is it the 5th or is it 6th? Uh, whatever the day it is, it's literally in the coming few days. Um, so if you're listening to this now, um, immediately go onto the Great British Hobbit League Facebook page and find the event. And if you're keen and interested in that event, um, just click going to the event and you'll be able to find all the all the um, information in there. 
It's going to be in Lincoln. It's the first weekend of October. Um, so I think it's the 1st of October uh, is the Saturday and the 31st or 30th of September is the uh, is the Friday night. So uh, it's a whole weekend and it's got a really cool format, which is uh, essentially your leader on day one dies and then is replaced by a second in command that you've chosen on day two. And then your army changes. It's, it's very cool. It provides lots of different chances for thematic armies, like, for example... Gandalf uh, leading the Fellowship and uh, him falling down the Fellowship and it turning into uh, the Fellowship and Lothlorien or something like that. So there's lots of really, really cool uh, thematic ideas and also lots of competitive ideas potentially uh, for this event. So I, I think I think you really enjoy it because, you know, you can come up with really janky stuff if you really want to with uh, leaders dying and, and all that sort of stuff. So do have a look at the event pack, familiarise yourself with the idea and the dates and the times uh, and get yourself on there and have a look when you're uh, when you're good and ready. So there you go. That's the main message. There are others uh, and other people have been touched about um, about answers to the uh, the riddle in the dark, but we'll save them for next time on the podcast. So, with that in mind, let's head on over to the uh, uh, Imps Gaming for the 700-point match of this uh, this event where I'm going to be trying to prove that the Paths of the Druid are a successful army. Let's head to the tables. So while it's still fresh in my mind, let's have a chat about the first game. Sadly, uh, Michael Eilert, uh, who I was playing, or Eilert, I'm sorry, I forgot, uh, I didn't ask, ask you how to pronounce your second name. But Michael um, was a bit shy, a bit quiet actually throughout the, throughout the game, um, so he wasn't up for talking uh, uh, on, the, on the podcast, which is a shame. But, you know, I tried my best to convince him, but, you know, I'm not going to force anyone to uh, talk on a podcast. Not everyone is up for that sort of thing. So I'm going to run you through what happened. We knew already that it was assassination, and we knew already uh, the general gist of the uh, army. I revealed that it was... I was shown the little logo, and it said KK, meaning Kingdom of Khazadum. Um, so I knew Michael was playing at Kingdom of Khazadum at 700 points. What I didn't know was what was going with it. And that was Saruman the White. Yes, Saruman the White. From the White Council, so it was this yellow alliance, um, and what he had was Durin, a dwarf king... Um, and about 12 dwarf rangers, some hearth guard, uh, and a few warriors uh, smattered around, around through it, but mainly Saruman. I was expecting a horde of 700 points worth of high defence models. Instead, I faced up against, um, well, still a horde, it was about 31 models, I think it was in the end, uh, plus Saruman, which really threw me off, and I, I don't... I, I had to choose who to assassinate, and he had to choose, of course, who his assassin was. And I, I wasn't sure, but I still went for the Dwarf King because I thought, gosh, it's difficult. But he's got three wounds and three fate on Saruman. I think he can re-roll his fate. And also, uh, I need to get to him. And Saruman is probably, unless he's a very poor player, and obviously he's won his first three rounds, so therefore he's not a poor player, um, I thought he's probably going to hide him. So I went with the Dwarf King, and I wanted to kill him with Elfhelm. And... I wasn't sure whether that was the right decision. Um, I figured that Daewine or Elfhelm were the choice. Obviously, probably not Gandhi again. Um, but I figured that maybe Elfhelm, I could 
more likely get that shot in uh, and kill him from afar if, uh, if he's hiding his heroes uh, effectively. So, here's how we deployed. I deployed uh, my Elfhelm uh, warband on the left, uh, sorry, no, in the middle, and Deowine on the left. Ganbury Gan was really quite far away on the right, which was a bad idea, and Theoden was the last to deploy in the middle. Uh, alongside uh, Elfhelm. He deployed his Dwarf King on my left as I look at it, so opposite Deowine, uh, and I, and during behind um, some terrain, uh, or sort of in between some terrain, but quite far back. I went pretty far forward, he went far back, um, and he had Saruman hiding behind a building, and uh, the Dwarf Rangers all on top of a building, which I never like seeing. Um, but I thought, okay, it's cool, I've got loads of shooting, insane amount of shooting, but my deployment was thus that Essentially, I was on the right-hand side with all of my, um, well, 15, 16 blowpipes. They were moving in. Uh, they were too far away from the dwarfs, which had deployed on um, my left, um, with the rangers, I mean. And um, the rest of my bows, of course, is strength two and, um, and or defense three. But I'm looking at de uh, defense five guys for the rangers. And all of his are 24-inch uh, range strength three dwarf longbows. And I thought, poo. Here's me thinking I'm going to dominate the shooting war when in fact he's got 12 shots coming at me every turn, hitting on threes, so he's got on average eight shots and, you know, they're, they're going to kill something every turn, whether it's a horse or a rider. I was in trouble. Um, so the first turn I made a bit of a misplay. Um, I wasn't sure what to do, whether to go forward or not, because I hadn't worked out the, uh, the fact that I was going to lose the shooting war. So I kind of held firm. The first turn he threw Saruman about eight inches forward, um, or six inches forward, did his uh, casting and um, launched a horse into Deowine, knocked Deowine off his horse, wounded Deowine as well. It was a bad, bad start. And I thought, this is interesting though. Uh, what, one thing I thought that did do, I, it made me think he must be trying to go for Deowine. So immediately after that turn, I was moving Deowine backwards, hiding him away, even with, though he had all his might points. I just thought, he's not going to get into combat, um, if, and he's going to be immobilised if he does, and he could go down to anyone. He could go down to a Khazard guard. At this point, he only had one wound, so, uh, and no fate. So it, it was a scary thing. Um, but having said that, I did um, manage in the second turn to march everything forward, third uh, and through pretty much everything forward. I actually was quite happy with this, uh, this move, because what I did was, um, I'm, I called the march, um, but then I moved a few of my uh, riders of Rohan forward, and then um, and th before the march, so I think he, it caught him off guard, and they went through or over some goblin town terrain. So um, I ha I'd set up my waypoints, the uh, uh, the Paths of Druid and Legendary Legion special rule waypoints. Ignore all the terrain uh, or, or the downsides of the terrain anyway. So I launched myself straight through this terrain, which caught him off guard. I was going 10 inches rather than 15 because I'd gone before third and, and I caught, I basically charged three or four of the dudes um, at the Dwarf Rangers at the front. So I had a rider of Rohan, uh, two riders of Rohan, I think at least one um, Royal Guard in that first charge and ended up winning uh, three out of four or five of those combats. So I, I killed in most of them and I lost one combat and I think I lost maybe a rider. But from then I had, uh, the march continued um, before I, uh, that's obviously how before the combat, but the march continued and threw Theoden Elfhelm very close to um, his Dwarf King. So I knew next turn this is going to be mine if I get my roll off, and of course I win more roll offs than I lose. So 
From there on, I, I called the move. He counter-called with both his king and Durin to try and get forward and do something. And uh, I launched myself uh, with Elfhelm into uh, the Dwarf King and Ferdin in there too, as well as a... Um, I don't think I had anything else. It was just those two. But I managed to pair off everything and block the way out so that he couldn't get in there. All that was left was Saruman then. And he, he started talking about Sorceress Blasts that could uh, knock the combat down and I said you know yeah you would knock the combat down um, you would knock your own guy down as well and I made that clear and he was like umming and ahhing about what to do and I said there are other spells and he said oh can you compel out of combat no you can't and in the end he did settle on an immobilise and maybe if he did the sorceress blast it would have been different but it would have been a risk um, I guess because he had to target either Elfhelm or Theoden he went with Theoden in the end um, which was interesting. I think he was maybe uh, trying to stop me do the strike because Elfhelm doesn't have strike. He went with Thad and tried to immobilise him. Only spent two will on this. Well, no, it was only only well. Sorry, uh, it wasn't two will. It was one roll, and he could have re-rolled it. He went. He got a three plus. And I thought you got to re-roll that. Surely he had all his might. He, he wants to get this immobilise off to stop Thad and striking, but he leaves the three there. So I, I, I spend two of my will, I, even I was worried about just the two will, but spend the two will, get a four, it's fine, lost two will, but crucially, can strike that turn, I strike up to above the fight six of, uh, of the Dwarf King on a roll of a two, and then I've pr- I proceed to take the Dwarf King out in the first turn. Theoden took two of the wounds, uh, or took, almost killed him actually in one, but the fate saved him, and then Elfhelm went. Um, so Elfhelm got the kill, which was absolutely essential seven points in my favor and then the the game continues and continues so i'm, I'm I, I get broken uh, things start running away gambury gan very very nearly runs away um he had had to spend two points of might and a will to pass a courage check but he passed it thankfully fed and remained unscathed so dalewine had by this point gotten clear far clear uh, of any danger and, and was hiding behind a, a wall with all his might all his heroic combat potential but protected and safe so that was crucial and uh, in the end um, despite some amazing work from Mike he really did he, he shot my banners out uh, it killed all my banners he killed about eight horses from shooting and uh, and um, her, uh, not heroic combats from uh, the, the magic the, the sorceress blasts but ju- I just, I think the march did it. I, I got everyone into combat in time to make sure that the magic was kind of irrelevant. Once I'd killed the, the thing, I just wanted to break and I wanted the game to end as soon as possible. It didn't end on the first turn, but it did on, end on the second turn. And by that point, Deowine was still alive. He revealed that the Dwarf King was his assassin. So even if um, the uh, Dwar- uh, you know, Deowine had, uh, had you know, gotten... Uh, killed he wouldn't have been killed by the assassin and saruman did the wound so it was it was worth uh, worth it so in the end uh, he did break me uh, he did get one wound on his target so he got four and i got the seven which means it's on to the final game and this game it's for the whole league this is the last game of the league and i've won every game so far and I'm not sure anyone else has. There may be someone else who has won all their games. There may be more, multiple people who've won all their games. But either way, this could be for the league. Let's build that army to win the league. Oh,
One more game left. So let's build that 800-point Path to the Druid and Force, which is going to be very similar to the one uh, that I took to the Grandest Tournament that I mentioned earlier on in the podcast. And uh, I'm not adding any extra heroes. So I've still got Theoden, Ganburigan, Elfhelm, and Deowine, but I'll just give you a bit of a breakdown of uh, how I fill out their warbands, because at 800 points, I'm trying to get as many models as possible. I've got, in Theoden's Warband, a Rider of Rohan with Banner, four Riders of Rohan, and three Royal Guard with Throwing Spears. Deowine's uh, Warband has two Riders of Rohan, a Rider of Rohan with Throwing Spears, and four Royal Guard with Throwing Spears. Then I've got Elfhelm, Captain of Rohan, with a horse. Three Riders of Rohan with him, and they have Throwing Spears. Two Royal Guard with horse and Throwing Spears, and then Ganbury Gan and his gang of Woeses. So as you can see, I spent a lot of uh, time just there saying Throwing Spears, I've absolutely maxed out on um, throwing spears. Every single Royal Guard now has throwing spears, which wasn't the case uh, in every iteration of this list. Almost all of the riders of Rohan um, have throwing spears. Well, about half of them anyway. So uh, three, five, uh, six riders of Rohan with throwing spears, I think I said. Anyway, it was very close. And there's lots and lots of riders of Rohan in there as well. So we've got lots of bows. So I think it's something like seven or how many, you know, I've, I've lost count. Anyway, lots of bows, loads of throwing weapons, loads of blowpipes. Uh, we've got two heroic strikers, although let's be honest, Thed and Deowine, not the best killers in the world, but you know, good enough. Elfhelm's got heroic defense and we've got Ganbury Gan. But I found out my nemesis in the final game is using Angmar. Let's find out what happens in the final game of the Slow Grow League. So, round five of the Imps Slow Grow, and it's the 800-point version of the Pass of the Druidan. And in this match, uh, we're playing Destroy the Supplies. So that's where each of you have to defend uh, uh, three supplies at the back of your line. They're all sort of 12 inches onto the board and then spread out along the line. And uh, essentially, you have to destroy them as in the, uh, the title of the mission, and you get two points for each of them, and plus some for banners, some for killing wounders, uh, leaders, and some for breaking the enemy and playing against Harry Smith. Walk me through the sort of the summary of your army list. What have you got in your force? Because it's a spoopy list. Quite a monster-heavy one. We've um, tainted on a fell, fell, fell beast, um, Gullivar, Shade, a couple of dead marsh specters, a um, lot of orcs and wargs. Absolutely. So this is an Angmar force, and uh, for regular listeners will know that uh, I had an awful time against Angmar in a, uh, a previous tournament with my Eastlings. But in this one, of course, I've got uh, Rohan Royal Guard, and actually the mission. Um, so I can, the Royal Guard, of course, fearless, so they can, um, or bodyguard anyway, so they can avoid the the spoopiness. But also, I think the mission really helped me here. So first of all, uh, Harry, what what did you, uh, what was your plan uh, when going into this? How how were you hoping to to beat the Druidan? Kind of just trying to kill as much as possible straight away and then try and take the objectives, obviously, because I've got to try and keep, to get my buffs, try and keep it all as one big blob, but didn't really go to plan with that. Yeah, I think I think quite quite early on, I don't, I, I don't know whether you kind of thought, well, if I send my fast stuff around the edges, you might be able to threaten my objectives, because like the tainted flapped right out into the front and um, so did uh, so did some wags on the other side. So you, you kind of already almost divided your forces. So right in that first turn, the tainted flapping away, I think that proved a bit of a, a bit of a boo-boo. I was hoping the tainted would um, get a bit more mad- magic off and not get charged by so many things. But I think with the Royal Guard and the Bodyguard, it's just, it makes it so easy to just 
because the um, Tatara just goes straight away, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And in, in the very first turn, um, you'd flap 12 inches forward or thereabouts, and I moved um, uh, Elf Helm and four or five riders, um, including two Royal Guard, straight in, into shooting range, and I just lobbed as many throwing spears at you as, as possible, including Elf Helms, and immediately took off. I, I don't know whether it's both or, or certainly one of your fate point, and crucially, um, two of your might, might points in the first turn of shooting. So that was that was a pretty harsh blow already. I think it was, yeah. It was um, both both his might and one of his fate within just from a, 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 um, a, um, throwing spear straight away. Yeah, yeah. Elfhelm with those rerolls, and a, I think he spent a point of might in the end as well. So yeah, yeah. And once he got charged with four, he's trapped. He's hoping for a six obviously they're matching on on fight value as well so yeah exactly so uh, tainted has nothing except you did get that um what's it called the leeching essence or something yes. like that so and and we rolled through every single dice uh around around five or six uh, guys including their horses and then you, you didn't get any sixes until the very last one which was of course on your uh, um uh, i'm here here on the guy which was <laughs> The one wound None of them didn't dismount any of them, though, which was the unfortunate thing. Yeah, that, that is true. Actually, that, that proved pretty useful because um, during the uh, the later turns, Elfhelm's charge and moving forward into sort of taking the flank really worked. But I think one of your um, your crucial errors, other than the uh, leaving your leader so exposed early on, was was you kind of get fed me these wargs. Um, like obviously, you wanted your fast stuff to try and grab the objectives and stuff, but it just meant that I could pounce on these. Uh, how many is it? Five or six wargs? Six wargs early on, and and it just just gave me something for my riders to do very early on i think uh, that was perhaps another uh, error what, what was the plan there i think the plan with that was to try and just keep them in cover or hope they can survive through combat while everything else slower moves up and then mm. i can kind of form form a line and then i think the wargs were there to kind of just die in the end but not as quick as they eventually yeah. did yeah i think maybe if they'd have come around the edges or or something like that or maybe even if, if if they'd stayed all in one pack then it would have been a little bit more of a scary prospect but i just could able to charge them and encounter them but then of course once everything did start moving forward gulliver was proving this this real head scratcher for me to deal with because i've only got uh, i've got two strikers in my army but i'd split them up and um, because uh, uh Wine was going round one flank he was trying to threaten the objectives he was uh, him and his Royal Guard contingent were going up to the right um, and those guys went quite quickly up to the right hand side where Gulliver was but then in the middle I'd, I'd quite foolishly really sent um, Thaed and, uh, to, and some other dudes to tackle those wargs and I kind of thought it might have been a mistake early on and then um, the next turn they jumped off to try and kill one of the banners quickly and which failed but then it meant that I, my Thaed and three riders were really far forward onto your side kind of unsupported and, and it was just kind of easy pickings for Gulliver so Gulliver like, immediately jumped from the left into the middle and then was threatening um, uh, your, your sort of right hand side flank um, but you never quite got the move off or the, uh, the, the, the positioning right because I'm just hiding uh, him behind buildings and all that sort of stuff. I mean, if you'd have got there, you'd have done him. Mm, I reckon, yeah. I think anything that's not matching his fight, Gulliver will eventually just, just um, kill. Mm. I think if he had a bit more might or I could get one of the um, barges off it would have and got interfered and it would been a right. Obviously, you were the um, killing both the Morks within the last throw of combat. Yeah. just made it because I reckon if I barged them I could have could have got, got into feeding at the end but yeah I, I hadn't even seen that coming because I was thinking uh, you'd probably hurl into him uh, or something like that to take him off his horse but yeah easily within barge this and it's probably only three inches uh, so uh, 
relatively easy uh, easy barge away there but I was fighting two orcs that had charged me I was trying to let you run away um, uh, with everything but you kept sort of defiantly uh, calling uh, moves and having people pass their courage checks in the last couple of turns um, and these two orcs charged there and, and uh, I think well you know I've got a point of might that's the only way I'm going to be able to survive this um, or, or at least sort of stave off getting a wound uh, and he manages to get the get the, the win by um, by sort of spending spending last point of might or something uh, to win the combat and then get two fives on his uh, kill rolls and just launch himself away into the distance uh, far away from barge or, or hurl rolls and and I mean, kind of, that was that was a bit of a salt in the wound for you because I think at that point I'd I'd got it I'd taken two of the objectives at the back and and your line was collapsing in the center and you were quite far off my objectives but it would have been nice for you to be able to get that kill at the end <laughs> Yeah, because I felt like I had it with, obviously, Gullivar in barge distance, the Shade having his ability. Yeah. But t t two orcs, he's not going to kill them both. And obviously, you roll both t t yeah. two fives and then they're gone. Yeah, and, and really, the, the correct move for me wasn't the heroic combat. It was the strike. If I'd have struck, yeah. um, you know, I should have had a chance at winning, uh, at the very least, a chance of winning against Gullivar. Yeah. But as I did, it was a, really a, a, a bit of a misplay by me there. But I think I was probably just so kind of confident with the rest of the thing. I knew my banner was safe. I knew I had two objectives. Um, and you didn't have any, so and I'd already killed your leader, so I was quite far ahead by that point. Yeah, yeah. I think I was never going to get to your your banner really, with being mounted and at the back. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, you've got the first objective, and it's like I just couldn't get enough stuff forward to objectives to also like defend mine at the back mm. as well. Yeah, I think I think my my the mobility of my army really helped because it, it kind of although you had the wags push forward early on, um, which kind of put the the fight in my corner. They kind of died so quickly that I could then push myself forward past yeah. them and, and kind of meet, not, not quite, it was definitely on your half of the board. So it just meant your orcs never really had a chance. And, and because uh, I'd, I'd left quite a lot of blowpipe dudes um, at the back, I had uh, initially four on the left objective and about six or seven on the middle objective and none on the right because I was just killing that flank. But I, I, I guess it was always a, a, a possibility that Gullivar could have you know, launched himself this way, but I was always going to have a lot of blowpipes to shoot at him so I guess you needed support for him to, to really take the objectives it's a thing with them blowpipe ones I can't really send orcs up because they're, they're good against orcs mm. I can't really afford to pull Gullivar to them because I need Gullivar taking out some of the um, riders in the middle because the orcs aren't going to do that job yeah and of course Gullivar if, if I take two wounds off him he's only got two attacks so it's, you know, it just yeah. means he's more likely to lose that um, uh, that that fight role and and you know blowpipes poison blowpipes against uh, Gullivar I, I rate their chances to be fair you know they could get a good couple of wounds off them but um it, it, all in all I think I think the the, the major flaw you're with the force was you, you kind of decided early on to split split or spread your force out um and which meant your terror was dissipated you know you hadn't had your ring wraith on the left so none of your orcs on the sort of middle to left flank had um uh, had the terror and and the shade was quite slow so you know none of the wags or anything had terror so it's just it and Gullivar kept kind of flipping back and forth so he didn't have yeah. the terror over there either so he never quite got to do as much as he he could having said that he did probably kill about nine or so yeah. of the the riders there wasn't much much that killed anything but him but either way I think yeah your army kind of leans towards being in a bubble and yeah. this this objective scenario it's not easy for it having three oh six objectives three of mine to defend three of yours to get it's just you need tainted gullivar and the shade all all within six inches of each other mm. well of all the orcs it's just it's not a feasible thing for me to keep everything 
guarded and also attack everything at once. Yeah, yeah. And, and losing the tainted so early on, you know, me spending two points of might or thereabouts to, to kill him, but just it just didn't give you much no, much yeah. choice really at that point. It was kind of relying on Gulliver to do all the work, and he can't be everywhere at once. No, he does definitely does do the work when he, when he needs to, but yeah, he's he's not going to get to everywhere I need him to be. I think I lost at least about 13 points of will they I could have used on, on magic when the tainted died as well. See, Gulliver having no magic, it's not nothing I can kind of cast in to stop other stuff that stuff ha- happening. Yeah, and and I think I, I like the build of the army, and I wondered what it would have been like if the tainted had a bit more room to breathe and to to do stuff. But I, I do wonder whether the tainted maybe if you'd have put him on a horse. Um, you'd have been less tempted to push him forward because he's not sort of a combat beast then. No. And then you'd have had, uh, I don't know, 60 points to spend on just orcs. Yeah. If you had a load more orcs, you could have you know, been able to spread the army out a bit uh, wider, but um, nobody wants to paint loads of orcs. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I take him on a fell beast because it's just the, the monstrous charge, so yeah. he does also get like the sixes to mm. wound on a thing, and then he's got the monstrous charge when he does charge. Yeah. But yeah, I think on a horse with this list would work well and just... You know, I can add like more wargs and more or um, uh, um, um, cave trolls as well. Yeah, yeah, or maybe wag riders or something like that. I, I, anything. I think you just need a few more bodies on the board because um, you've got such hitting power with Gulliver. You need the magical support behind him. Yeah. And once you'd lost that magical support, it was, I think, yeah, it was, it was my, mine to lose rather than yours to win. And um, but uh, Harry, uh, cracking work. Uh, it puts you. We reckon, although the, uh, not all the games in the slow grow have finished yet. Uh, I think we reckon it'll put you in the top five or six yeah. or something like that but um but it'll all depend on uh, your your rivals and i know uh, you're you're particularly keen to beat michael who i um, who i won against in the in the last yeah. game um who was a bit nervous didn't want to uh, talk on the podcast but uh, so fingers crossed for you yeah. <laughs> and, and, no, yeah, fingers crossed for michael as well but you know uh, you're here so <laughs> hopefully you managed to pip him to the post definitely yes yeah. so i think only having lost to you to um, you and tim it's been quite 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 successful really yeah to be fair and and tim and i are probably the m- most or experienced players yeah. if not a co- maybe a couple of people but i think they might have dropped out so um, uh, either way yeah no, cracking game I really enjoyed it and it was nice for me to be able to beat an Angmar army yes. after after losing <laughs> against them so vehemently the uh, previous turns but uh, either way c- cracking game thanks for the game right, thank you very much it's been good I've only gone and done it brilliant I, I, I can't believe this um, I never ever expected uh, to win the, the league with the Pass of the Druid and I deliberately took an army that I thought I thought would give uh, opponents a, a sort of really fairly easy go of it. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that it's not a good list. It's definitely got some strong elements. The shooting, in particular, and I did play to win. Um, I wasn't sort of being, you know, uh, soft on people. But I, I am very surprised, in particular against the dwarves. Um, that game was uh, really, really hard uh, fought against Michael earlier in the podcast, where uh, uh, he's the chap that I didn't. Um, uh, didn't manage to get the interview with um, and that final game against Angmar was was a tricky one too but the Pass of Druiden I, I just happened to be very lucky that I played a lot of Orcs um, so I, I win I win I, I don't actually know what a win um, I don't really care I'm just so happy that I've got a, a win so very exciting so in a kind of um, well I suppose an Entmoot tradition I always talk to the winner of the tournament so how do you feel about this? I feel fantastic, and so uh, that's kind of uh, the only thing I can do. Um, but I thought um, because I, although I spoke to Tim um, in the previous podcast, um, he his son, uh, and we heard a little bit in the montage earlier. His son um, was playing with uh, Lake Town and uh, Dwarves, 
and uh, Tim spoke to me after that um, uh, after that game in the previous podcast and we mentioned a little bit that he's organising the league I thought it's only right that um, I try a victory lap with the pass to the Druid and, and combine that with uh, with a game against Tim and also a bit of a chat about the league so let's take these paths of the Druid and chaps out for one last spin uh, and have a chat with Tim so here we are at Imps Gaming looking out over a table and I've just had my final game although it wasn't actually a league counting game a final game with my 800 points of Paths of the Druid and so another outing for the Paths before they go into their box forever perhaps but uh, I'm talking and playing against uh, Tim Tim Elwes who's organised the whole of this uh, Slow Grow League so first of all before we talk about our little friendly uh, game at the end um, Tim give us an idea of what the sort of the idea behind the league was uh, so this is like the third Imps Gaming Slow Grow League. Uh, the idea has always been uh, at a certain point uh, in the year, we enough interest in Lord of the Rings Middle Earth Strategy Battle game that's built up in the community and people have shown an interest in, in taking it on, um, enough to start a little league where folk can pretty much start from new with a small army and over a period of games play semi-competitive games build up their army from we started at 400 points it goes up every period by another 100 points so they start from 400 then five six seven eight hundred and at the end of the five games we played and a few practice games that most people have had when they're new they'll have played seven or eight games they'll know their army they'll be happy with the rules and they'll be able to go and carry on from there and a few other people who are more experienced will use the opportunity to start a new army try something out or get some tournament practice Absolutely, and and you've also sort of built the uh, the uh, games, the scenarios into in mind to kind of ease people in and to encourage them to think about different ways of playing and focus on those scenarios. So you've, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the order. We've gone through all five games now. It's been a very long time, but you sort of started with with thing interesting missions. But you know, yeah, you can you can pause it and add in the the missions in a seamless <laughs> seamless way. But I will not do that. <laughs> ultimately, uh, I am in charge. I've chosen the scenarios that I like best but i've cho- i've chosen uh, there's been five games so there've been one from each different pot in the match play guide so there's been an objective game um, a maelstrom game one of each different one to encourage people to take fairly balanced armies i've not had a lot of restrictions i've tolerated very crazy you know combinations of people people haven't been compelled to have fully painted armies but i've encouraged it the idea has been to take an army that can win uh in a variety of scenarios like you would to a competition nice rounded nothing nothing I didn't want anyone turning up at 400 points with, with one model yeah no Sauron's allowed they would be allowed later on I think I said uh, points value divided by 100 as a minimum model count um, to stop it being too silly and no one's tried really hard to break the rules exactly and, and how's it gone? it's gone brilliantly we uh, having done it before I kind of expected a certain degree of dropouts um, and we planned for that. We built a system in where if you knew you weren't going to get your game in, you could have uh, the Stig come and play your copyright BBC, uh, come and play the game for you or uh, um, arrange swaps. We've been, I've been very accommodating to make sure people can have their game. Uh, we started with 25 people on the list. We've had five people drop out over the course, most of them early on for, for real life. You know, no one's dropped out because they hated it. Uh, real life has just got in the way and a bit of COVID and a bit of you know 
stuff's just just dra it's dragged on a little bit longer than I expected. But in the main, everyone so far has told me they've enjoyed it. No one has lost all their games, um, and it's been it's been good. We've ended up with a, a clutch of new players in Lincoln who um, have enjoyed it, and hopefully will take it further, which is great. It's, it's designed to encourage new players. Absolutely, and and that's one of the the best things about it. So, I mean, during the course of these two podcasts, I've spoken to I think three or four of the games I played were against new players, including uh, your kids. I suppose they were they were less new, uh, but they were they're still sort of beginners, I suppose. Which, which I suppose leads kind of nicely into into the 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 final game and also the the success of the league because I I, I have managed to win five games in a row. So I think Tim. That must mean that I'm, a, I'm the winner. Is this the very first Entmook podcast where I've won uh, a tournament? No. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? No. Uh, obviously, the aim of the slow grow is to um, uh, win hearts and minds. And sadly... <laughs> and I haven't done that because I've been beating no, your children no. <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, all, all your army has done is won general hatred for <laughs> no one winning a hero. No, seriously, yes... Uh, uh, Top of the league, Harry Parkhill. Woo! Um, uh, accolades and prizes to to follow. Yes, Ooh, prizes. I, did, I, I didn't even expect prizes because I don't think I've, I haven't contributed anything to this league. So hopefully, should we all put some pennies into a pot for you? No, no. Uh, I supply the prizes out of my own goodwill. Well, that was very, very, very kind of you. Um, but they're and they're not here yet because no. I haven't finished painting them. <laughs> well, either way, I, I'm very happy to have um, to have won the league and with an army that I suppose I, I didn't expect to win. I thought I would uh, come up against some good matchups against some orcs uh, and some urukai or goblins, and um, I didn't expect to do so well against the other armies. And um, having just played it, and it was, uh, you know, we sort of said this was a vague friendly, although you brought a, a, what you deem to be quite a competitive list, and it is a competitive list. Um, um, what did you think of the army? Uh, well, actually, firstly, just run, run through the, the, the force you've got just to give some context uh, and then uh, summarise what you think of my army. Uh, so today I brought something a little bit... So I'm, I've, I've had a bit of a hiatus from competitive play um, due to, to crossness. Um, I've, I've got <laughs> Saltiness. <laughs> no, no, no. I, it was crossness with a touch of saltiness. But uh, there's, a, there's been a tournament announced with, with cash prizes and I've got very excited. So I've started uh, to, to model a new army. So it's 800 points. I have brought uh, Elrond on a horse with armour, the twins on horseback with armour, a Gildor because he's my favourite, a little clutch of Noldor in exiles with throwing weapons and spears and bows, and 21, I think, um, General Rivendell warriors. Yeah, I think you had 35 models total, so you had, yeah, and a third bows, all the, all the nasty stuff that you would expect. And, and we played Lords of Battle in the last one, and uh, you deployed quite far back with your bow line. Uh, there is a lot of terrain on the table, but um, I thought, well, I've got to get stuck in, so I deployed pretty close to the front, although my woes are a little far back. So, um, and again, you killed a lot of my horses quite sort of early on, and I thought that was uh, death for me, because I, I had a lot of points, therefore, to claw back. And um, what did you think of my army and, and the kind of move-offs? And I know you've, you sort of helped your, uh, one of your sons, uh, well, both of your sons, really, play, play against it. What do you think of the Pass of the Druid? Uh, I think it's really annoying. It's, it's one of those lists that nothing on, on, your, on your army is particularly good. I mean, I've played a lot of Rohan. Um, it seems weak across the board. The, you just... You just you expend a lot of resources and time trying to position your warriors to take account of the fact that you're going to be winning 
if not the priority, then most of the move-offs. And it is just beyond frustrating the resources you have to put in. And, and you almost stops what, what I I was quite an offensive army being offensive because you get pulled out of position um, if you try and engage the woeses and everyone just hold back throw through it's just incredibly frustrating mm. to attempt to engage an army that you know most of the time is is going to flummox your plans and, and I suppose the, the the downside of course being I lose the chart the the strength bonus on the charge but because I'm getting so many more charges uh, well not loads more charges but certainly in this game because you didn't bother uh, calling a lot of moves because you thought you know save the might for something else fair enough um, but you, you're getting a lot more charges so it means you're getting a lot more dice you're giving that killing power even if you're not getting the strength bonus which I think uh, is a surprising I, I think it's something that you don't particularly think about when you initially see the list and your army is entirely armed with bows or throwing weapons and, and the th the throwing spears i mean i use a lot of throwing spears for the harry but you've got that all the time every time if you're not attacking you're in a position where you can throw your throwing spear and when you are attacking you've got that extra chance mm. so you know if you've got royal guard here who are getting the fight values in most situations who are going to have the higher fight if you're defending you're still rolling a lot of dice if you're attacking you're rolling a lot of dice before you've even gone into combat and then when you are in combat in many cases you've got a fight value of five you're knocking people down you're throwing a lot of dice and you've got a lot of bodies as well so yeah i think it's it's deceptively good mm. absolutely and particularly in some of the matchups i've had with the orcs and the goblins and things like that uh, i'm trying to think if it was one orcai and two uh, two or three orc armies and um, but generally I, I've, I've astounded myself with the with the wins. I mean, the game that we've just played, I don't. We, we haven't actually tallied it up exactly because we kind of run out of time. Um, but we just added it up, and we've both got exactly thirty three uh, points in terms of Lords of Battle total from one another. So I managed to claw it back. And to be fair, Elrond was crap. He did absolutely nothing. I would say. I mean, he. No, he... I think, on honesty, all my heroes were were poor. Mm. Um, when they got in a half-decent position, I was losing the move off, and then you're throwing one person at them. And even when I deliberately kept all the might back for the inevitable balls-ups on the dice, I, I rolled like ones and twos and threes, and, 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 you know, they were just so frustrating. I thought halfway through the game that I'd got this, because yeah, I'd I, agree, dis yeah. I dismounted most of the Royal Guard, I'd got the fight across the board, my Wood Elves had died like they always do, but they looked you know, he died looking pretty. I thought I'd got this in the bag. I'd got one hero. I'd completely dominated one one corner of our sort of battle area. And then from then on, I just, it was just... Yeah, it was a bit pants. I mean, you, you destroyed <laughs> Elfhelm in one go, which was which was brutal. But I think there were a couple of moments. I think um, early on, you moved uh, Elrond out of a combat um, when I think you probably shouldn't have done because it left Gildor to be charged by Theoden and Theoden eventually killed him and took some might back for the Lords of Battle special rule. Um, but then, uh, then when Elrond and the twins finally did rejoin the fray, they just kind of bounced off things. They, one of the twins killed quite a, a few things, uh, but it was really only one or two guys a turn for a couple of turns. Because I've got so much cavalry, you're just not getting that, that killing power. And then, you know, you're looking for wounding on fives. And if you've got twins, they've only got two attacks. So there's two dice looking for fives. You're killing one horse a turn, probably. And um, so it was, it, 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 I think my army is quite decent against this. And so when I did finally get the, the, the numbers kind of 
eventually enveloped your army and I started getting more traps and I started getting more dice on, on your guys and then suddenly it, it flicked. The switch kind of flicked and you, you suddenly I, I killed six or seven dudes in one turn for the loss of maybe one or two uh, riders which really, really swung things. Um, I, I think you, neither uh, leader lost a wound. Um, I think I spent my fate. Did you, you didn't take a wound off me in the end. I took two fate off you. So it's a pretty much score draw uh, exactly. So we decided to call it a day because, uh, you know, that's just the way of it. But I think it just shows that even in an army like yours where there's lots of uh, potential powerful things that can do serious damage, it's, this Path of the Druidan should not be underestimated. No, no, it's, it is good. Um, I like it. And the models are nice as well. I mean, um, there, in this game especially, there was absolutely no reason for you to engage. <laughs> well, I, I think because there was so much terrain on the board that I thought I, you're going to win the shooting war. Maybe if and the problem with my army is I have to move quite close to you to do any shooting damage. And by that point, um, you've you've already shot a load of dudes, and I'm 12 inches off. So yeah, I might as well crack on and charge stuff. Yeah, I, I think it, it was uh, it's really nice. And the, these this the the elf helm and what's this one called? Day one. I think they're really nice models as well. So they're lovely models. There's some interesting specials. There's no gambling. There's no death, but it's still got some power. So uh, uh, Tim, thank you very much for organising the league. Um, and uh, I think your son gets the spoon as well. So no, no, not yet. You uh, there are still a few games of the last oh, round okay. to go. It's not completed. The the placing the top three they're all decided now right. um, it's only a few stragglers who I've got to whip into shape to get finished and just, I'll put you on the spot just shout outs for the, the second and third places I can't remember I thought I might put you on the place there I'll summarise at the end of the podcast I have a feeling second place was Kazad Dwarves yes uh, who I think I beat in the penultimate round so either way um, I, third I think is Rivendell Knights Excellent, excellent, which I don't think I did play. So, well, uh, there you go. And that is the, the end of the Slow Grow League. And I, I feel very, very excited about the fact that I've won a tournament on Entmoot. Boorah rum indeed. So there it is. That is the Slow Grow League. I've, I've won. I feel very happy about that. It's awesome. I'm really glad for this. And, and I'm so proud to have been able to bring you a win because uh, you've been determinedly listening to this podcast uh, perhaps since the very start or at least there's 50-something episodes uh, going on now. So it's, it's been great to, uh, to, to sort of follow my, my attempts, I guess, to improve on my game. And, you know, I, as I mentioned already a few times, uh, this is not the perfect army list, and I, I did have uh, uh, Lady Fortune on my side. But you know what? A win's a win, and lots of the top-tier tournament players uh, tell me that you know, you need to have a bit of luck uh, to win a tournament. And, yeah, I got a bit of luck, but I also think that I didn't, uh, I didn't play particularly badly I didn't make any big mistakes um, in any of the games as far as I remember I'm, I'm, I'm sure my opponents will think differently but um, I, I'm very proud of that and uh, you know this this draw against Tim uh, Tim's pretty hard elven army at the end I mean yes he got very unlucky um, with his uh, Elrond and stuff like that but it, it does show that there's there's potential here the the woes are not to be under uh, underestimated 15 roses look very soft and squishy but suddenly when they're surrounding you and trapping you and poking um, spears uh, into combats and things like that they can be very fearsome and they can really be underestimated and combined with the power of the uh, royal guard on the fight five charge and the the heroes and the heroic combats and the uh, you know loads of might and the just the constant peppering of throwing spears and and blowpipes this can be a really fearsome list 
And I mean, obviously, if you're playing against orcs and goblins and urukai, man, why would you take anything else? This is just so powerful. You know, the woes is wounding on fives for most orcs and goblins is just crazy. So um, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, will this be the only time I ever use it? No. Uh, will I be running it at every tournament? Definitely not. Um, but it will make a return, and maybe, maybe uh, I'll remain undefeated because, from what I gather. If I'm right in thinking, I don't think I've ever lost a game with the Paths of the Druidon, um, which is nuts, really. I think I did have a game or thereabouts, uh, a couple of games maybe a year or two ago, just before COVID made a second resurgence, and we had a similar slow-grow league which faltered and uh, we never finished. Um, and I can't remember whether I lost any of my games in that one. Um, but either way, in the current edition, um, since sort of post-COVID, I've I've played this at a tournament um, again in a good versus evil tournament, the grandest tournament, and I won all my games with the Pass of the Druid and lost all of the ones with the Eastlings or thereabouts, um, and I uh, and I've won all my games in the slow grow. So currently, Pass of the Druid and undefeated, and uh, you know maybe maybe I should leave it that way. Maybe they should rest proud and uh, hang up their bootstraps, but I'm sure they will return. And so will Entmoot very, very soon. The next tournament is going to be uh, Seven Stones in London. And uh, that's a very much a thematic tournament where we, the riders of Rohan will ride again. But it's going to be very much on a thematic, uncompetitive army. And I'll be joining up with my regular doubles partner, Michael Haskell. Uh, and of course, uh, having hopefully a chat with uh, Tom Harrison and Damien O'Byrne, uh, the organisers and the producers of the SBG magazine. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that tournament. That will be next. Uh, and if you're listening to this pretty much on release date, it should be with you within a week or two. I'll leave it there. Thanks very much for listening. Huzzah! For the Paths of Druid and Burarum. Mm-hmm.